Blog Talk Radio. Hi, my name is Nick from the Marlins Catch Podcast. Make sure to follow us at Marlins Catch on Twitter and Instagram. For more Marlins content, check out our website at themarlinscatch.com. The Marlins Catch Podcast is sponsored by the Baseball Podcast Network. And you can follow the Baseball Podcast Network on following platforms. Instagram, Baseball Podcast Net. Twitter, Baseball Podcast One, without the T. YouTube and SoundCloud at Baseball Podcast Network. You can listen to the Marlins Catch Podcast live on blogtalkradio.com or download the Marlins Catch Podcast on the Apple Podcast. It's going down. I'm yelling to my. You better move. You better dance. Let's make a night. You won't remember. I'll be the one. You won't forget. What's going on, guys? And welcome back to episode number 12 of the Marlins Catch Podcast. I'm your host, Nick, a.k.a. Mullins underscore news, joined here by our very, uh, our second co-host here, um, and he will primarily be on here. Uh, I just want to give a nice welcome here to Lissandro. Lissandro, come on in and um, introduce yourself. What's up, guys? My name's uh, Lissandro Chamiso, and I'm very happy to be a part of the Marlins Catch podcast. Mm-hmm. Very exciting to have him on here. Uh, he does run Marlins Universe. Go check out his Instagram at Marlins Universe. And, you know, we're just going to talk um, a little about Lissandro right here. We're going to start it off by uh, introducing Lissandro here, um, you know, why he wanted to come on the Marlins Catch podcast, why he's a Marlins fan, what got him into baseball. So I'm going to ask him a couple questions here, and, uh, you know, we'll do it kind of live on here. So, Lissandra, my first question is to you. What got you into baseball? Were you always into baseball when you were little? Did you just get into it when you were older? What What got you into baseball as a kid or as of now? What got me into baseball was my parents. Uh, they, 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 that was their favorite sport. Like, they met each other in a baseball game. So, they've always, that was something they had, like, together. So, when, um, I, when I was born, uh, my first game I ever went to was was actually a Marlins game. So I kind of fell back in baseball when I was from when I when I was like from seven to ten. I stopped like I was not a big fan, and I got up again in around 2012 when they moved here to Miami, when they got their own stadium, and I became a, a huge fan. I I watched almost all their games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, I kind of have a similar story, um, except for the parent part. Um, I've been a mom ever since I was a little kid, and uh, you know, just glad you're on here as the uh, fan base. You now we need it. <laughs> um, my second question to you, Lissandro, is what made you decide to come on the Mullins Catch? What, what got you into just trying to do this? You know, was it is this like a hobby for you, or you always wanted to pursue this? Like, why why did you want to uh, get into catching? What, what was your main? Idea? I was always interested in when you decided to do this, I'd watched um, most of your episodes. Um, it was interesting on how you had um, players on here. And I thought it would be a, a, a nice opportunity when you offered it to me to, to join and just talk about a sport that I love. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. And, yeah, we love having you on here, Lissandro, again. Uh, this is your first episode here on the Mullen Catch. And, uh, you know, it's just great to have you on here. Uh, one more question for you, Lissandro, to get the fans to kind of know you. Um, 
So if you could say who what, – what, what are your thoughts about the rebuild that the Derek Jeter has done right now? Can I just get your opinion about what you think about trading away Stan Yelich Azuna for prospects of the future? Can I just get your thoughts on that and when you think we will be competing? Um, it really hurt when um, Stanin and, and Yelich and Osuna and Gordon, all these people left. But I'm a I'm a firm believer that of what Derek Jeter is doing. I think these pros, prospects are going to be amazing. I think that we'll be competing. I give us uh, two to three years for that Sandy Alcantara fully develop. Um, like Nick Neidert, uh, fully develop, Monte Harrison, the Mesa brothers. I think once they – I give them two to three years so to to develop, and I think we'll be we'll be competing in the, in the postseason soon. Yeah, two to three years. Uh, no, that's – I got to say that's the safest bet for us. Uh, I, I would say maybe, yeah, I would say around the same time. I feel like pushing it would be like two years, so I think that's uh, – Probably the best one that we can get into for that one. <laughs> but, yeah, Losanjo, again, one more time. We're very happy to have you on here. Um, good quick interview there just to get the fans to know you a little bit. And, yeah, so we're just going to move on right from that into our weekly awards. You guys know we always do this here on the podcast. And being that this is the last week of spring training, it's the last week of the of the spring. So going into this, we will be giving out our MVP of the week this week and our MVP of spring, and then our Cy Young of the Week and our Cy Young of Spring. So I'll go first, like usual. Uh, for the MVP for this week, uh, you know, it was it was very close this week. Uh, again, the Mullins won 11 straight, which is – and just seeing that – seeing the progress that the Fish have been making over the, the course of these last – absolutely incredible. Uh, you see the young bats actually – know doing much better they're actually progressing right now in spring and that's what we definitely need from our younger guy further ado our mvp of the week will go to harold ramirez i know we just got options down to triple a but he had a fantastic spring and he has a huge feature coming up with the fish um you know kind of like one of those sneaky options there is harold ramirez there as not a lot of people really talk about him and he doesn't get the respect he really deserves to. Again, Peter O'Brien was also a close call as well, as he had a nice week this week as well. And Peter O'Brien will – it'll be him and Garrett Cooper. Um, and right field, we don't know who it will be. And, you know, Mindley has his roster set. He just has not released it yet. We'll be talking about the Dan Straley release um, a little later. I know I don't, I don't want to forget about that. But I have to give it to Harold Ramirez here. He's a very – you know, he's he just comes out. He's you know he's very very you know shy when it comes to the world of baseball. Like no one really knows him, and you know he hasn't gotten regained the respect he should have yet. Remember it's early yet in spring, so I'm gonna have to give it to him. And for the MVP of the whole year of spring, it's got to go to Gary Cooper. Cooper finishing with a 395 average is absolutely remarkable. Uh, in my opinion, he's starting in right field for us this year. Peter O'Brien will head to the bench. And, as you know, Peter O'Brien did get option down to AAA, so it is going to be Garrett Cooper in right field but for the Marlins last year. And he'll be doing it again this year. Unfortunately, a lot of injuries got to him last year. This is a, a great pickup that we got from the Yankees two years ago. And I just – I think he had a hell of a, a, hell of a spring. 
and Harold, not Harold, here, Garrett Cooper will get my award, the MVP of the year. Now, Lissandro, uh, let's take it away with yours over here. Um, uh, I agree with what you were saying about this week's MVP. Um, Harold Ramirez had a great, um, great week in her in her spring. Very glad that the Marlins did not release him. Um, but I I think I give mine to to Peter O'Brien. I'm very very like sad that. Peter Brand did not make our opening day roster because I I felt like he had a, a very good, a fantastic um, spring. I think it was better than Rochelle Herrera, but I mean, it is what it is. I I, I see Peter O'Brien getting called up soon, so my weekly MVP is gonna will have to be uh, Peter O'Brien, and uh, my Cy Young for this uh, for the whole. Uh, Spring would have to be um, Trevor Richards. It was close between him and, and Pablo Lopez, but Trevor Richards just Pablo Lopez had a lower ERA, but Trevor Richards had nasty pitches and he looked very promising, like he did during the the middle of last year, where he had, was just dominant to a whole bunch of starts. So I had to give my P of the of the whole year to, to Trevor Richards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Trevor Richards, especially with that nasty changeup, uh, is definitely very effective, and he is in the rotation. As a matter of fact, going into this season, here is the official rotation. It will be Jose Urania on the mound first, Trevor Richards as the number two, Pablo Lopez as the number three starter, Sandy Alcantara as the number four starter, and Caleb Smith as the number five starter, very happy to see yep. him healthy again. Very, very happy to see him healthy again. One of our best. Especially at... mm-hmm. Go ahead. Uh, Caleb Smith, very, yeah, like you were saying, very happy that um, he's not injured anymore because he was a strikeout machine. Last year, there was very just, he, was, he was our best pitcher until he got injured. Very unfortunate with his injury. It was season end, ending, but... Very glad to have him back. Yeah, definitely. And he, you know, definitely really shocked a lot of the fans in the baseball world how well he did. And he will be in the rotation, and especially in that injury last year with a shoulder, he could barely move it. And now he's back in the rotation. Definitely very, very eye-popping. Yeah. All right, and to our next thing, you're going to head over to the mailbag. You guys know we do this every week here on the Mullen Kids Podcast. Either head over to... Marlins Universe with the questions now, or Marlins Double Underscore News, or Baseball Podcast Network. All on Instagram, we'll be on our all of our stories. I did not put up one this this week, guys. Um, I am sorry about that, but with every other week, I will for sure have an offer for you guys. But we're going to cue Benson in here as he'll be reading uh, all of our questions here, and we'll be answering them right here on the Marlins Catch Podcast. Benson? All right, guys, the first question is from Thomas. What kind of season do you predict for Sandy Alcantara? Hmm. Sandy Alcantara, I think, will have a dynamite year um, rotation after the break. Um, he just has the stuff to be a nasty starter in this league, and you could see it. He just needs a little command help. He needs a little more time. I like how they're not pushing him to be in top of the rotation now. 
I think it's smart to leave him in the bottom half of the rotation there with Caleb Smith as the number four starter. And as you guys recall, Leon Chen did head over to the bullpen. We'll also be talking about that later, but I just think Alcantara will be a breakout performance this year. He has what it takes. And that year in the minors last year really, really helped him. You saw a lot of improvement last year at the end of the season by Sandy. And in spring, you saw a lot of improvement too. He just has to fix that command with his pitches, and I think he could definitely be a future ace of this team. Lufanga? Um, Sandy Kantara definitely has a lot of potential to be, like you said, our ace in the future. But I feel like this season for him like, is going to be an experienced season. And I'm not, I, I'm not too sure how he, he'll do yet. He did have a he had a decent spring. Like you were saying, his command was was a little off, but you know, he's only 23. But um, he had he had, had a, a lot of walks, 11 and 5 starts. Um, so, I mean, I think this is going to be more of an experience year. I, don't, I, I do think that he will be sent down this year. Like, I don't, I don't see him doing that too well. But mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes. That's the next question. All right, this question is from Baseball Follower. Was it a good or bad move for the Marlins to option Austin Dean and Peter O'Brien to AAA? Um, we heard Alessandro talk about that earlier, about Peter O'Brien. I do think that we do are we are a little stacked in the outfield, and you know people may say, oh, they don't have like the best talent. Well, we have Curtis Granderson out there, Luis Renton, Rafa Herrera. It's pretty stacked out there. And Austin Dean, I guess I can agree with. I think he needs a little more time, and I think he could be an everyday outfielder. He's got to he's got to work on his bat a little bit. His feeling's fine, um, but Peter O'Brien, I don't necessarily agree with. I thought he could have been a nice bench utility man for us. He definitely had the power to go yard, and you saw it at the end of the season last year, and I think he really had it had what it takes to stay on the Major League roster. And I don't necessarily agree with the move by sending him down, but I have to respect it. And Garrett Cooper also being in the outfield now. You know, I do – I am happy he is starting, but no, I do not agree with the, the move of sending down Peter O'Brien, but I do in some cases agree with the – the idea to bring Austin Dean down for one more year. Rosando? I'm kind of on the same boat as you. I do I do agree that Austin Dean can use some work in the um, in triple A. Um he he did have some he had he had he had, a, he had a good spring. Um he had a decent like end of the end end of the end of the season of last year. He he was he wasn't too like it wasn't that good, but he wasn't that bad. Like he was, he was decent, and he had a good spring. But he 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 can still use some work in the in in our minor in our minor league in our farm system. But um, like I said before, Brian Anderson, um, not Brian, uh, Peter O'Brien, Peter O'Brien definitely, definitely, I I believe deserved uh, a spot on the on opening day roster. I I think maybe he should take taken Rosal Herrera. He has a lot of power. Could have been a good four-man hitter. 
good power off the bench, could split time with Derek Cooper or whoever plays at first base. Pretty sure it'll be Neil Walker. But, but yeah, I don't not at all agree with, with Tom Maddeny's move to move to send down Peter O'Brien. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Thank you. Our last question is from Jake. Garrett Cooper is starting opening day. How do you feel? Very happy. Uh, we were talking about this earlier. Um, I think he definitely deserves it over the other guys. And it's no, it's no hate to the other guys as well. Lewis Brinson, Curtis Granderson, Granderson will most likely be starting. And Garrett Cooper, I think that's a fantastic idea by Mattingly. I do agree with the move to have Garrett Cooper in the starting lineup like last year. Sonny. Yeah, um, Garrett Cooper was in our starting right fielder for, for last year, opening day. He had an injuries that didn't let him play that much, but um, I'm very happy that he's getting the opportunity to start at right field on opening day again. He had a, a monster, monster spring training. Um, no, I don't think anybody else deserves it. Maybe Peter O'Brien, but Gary Cooper had way better spring. Um, I really hope Gary Cooper stays healthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely uh, a great move to by Mattingly and the Michael Hill, the president of baseball operations for the Marlins, to put Gary Cooper and decide to keep him up in the MLB and for Mattingly to put him into the starting lineup. Before we get into our next topic, which will be about the first week of MLB opening day, we will be discussing about the Colorado Rockies versus the Miami Marlins. Before we get to that, we will be heading to a small break. So we'll be back right after this to recap the first week of the MLB. I'm Isaac, and on this week of FanCast, we will be talking to you about many different things. Will Sean Rodriguez get the final roster spot in the infield? Who is the closer in this crowded bullpen? David Robertson or Sir Anthony Dominguez? And will Reese Hoskins' shoulder be a problem come opening day? And is Gabe Kapler on the hot seat considering the the lofty expectations given to him so far? All this and more on this week's episode of FanCast. Also, make sure to tune in to see how Bryce Harper does. We are back here live on the Marlins Catch Podcast to this opening week for Marlins baseball as they will be taking on the Colorado Rockies here at Marlins Park. The first game will be March 28th at 4.10 p.m. against the Colorado Rockies. We're very, very excited. Uh, the get going in baseball here, and we're going to preview the series here, but before we do that, we'll just tell you all the times of the game. So Thursday, they take on the Rockies at 4-10. Friday, they take on the Rockies as well at 7-10. Saturday, they play 6-10 against the Rockies, and Sunday is a 1 o'clock game against Colorado. So, our, of course, the rotation for that game will be, on the Marlins side, will be Urania, if all is probable, will be Urania. Trevor Richards, Blackman. That's, when you think of the Rockies, you think of Nolan Arenado. Everybody does. 
But when you look at their lineup, they do have some weaknesses. I'm not going to point fingers or anything, but the Tetris situation, Daniel Murphy's at first base, which is a good pickup. We got Ryan McMahon. They are a nice team. But you look at their one weak spot, and you say, hey, it's the catchers, Chris Iannetta, is most likely going to be the starter. And then you look at their, their starters. They got Kyle Freeland, Herman Marquez, Tyler Anderson, John Gray. And you think, okay, maybe their pitching's not all that great as well. I think the Marlins need to take advantage of these guys early. And this is a team that's got rocked around a little bit. And remember, they're in Colorado as well. And the ball flies there. So the, the pitchers never are known for – they're never known for having top-notch pitchers because every time they're in Colorado, the ball flies over there. So the Marlins need to take advantage of them early. Remember, they're going to be in a more better area for the pitchers. This is a pitcher's ballpark in Miami here. So we need to go after them early. It depends on how the lineup is. Granderson needs to lead us off well. And these guys are tough to hit, remember. And our pitching needs to be on the top game, going against Nolan Arenado, Daniel Murphy, Ryan McMahon, Charlie Blackman. You guys need to be on top. Is out, Their offense is outstanding, other than their catching spot, like you were saying. But um, Arenado, Trevor Story, somebody, you didn't know, somebody we had to mention, um, he's, they're going to be a problem because almost they, they, they hit for power. Trevor Story, Nolan Arenado, Daniel Murphy and Blackman back for contact. I, our pitchers have to be on point. Urenia, Richards, um, the, the Rockies do have a, a good, I feel like they do have a deep way. Davis Sang Ming Oh. Um, Scott Oberg, uh, all these, all these, um, this bullpen of the Rockies, it's not, uh, they're not that good, but they are, they're a decent bullpen. They're, I do agree with you that we have to attack early. We got to get runs before we, they start bringing in their bullpen. I don't think any of their, um, starters are, that um, they're decent, like they're good, but like I don't think they're like that good. Like they're no, they're no Chris Sale or or Jacob Degrom. Um, the the Rockies, the Rockies are gonna be a, a, a tough team, just because of their their offense. But we'll have to see how it goes. Definitely, pitching has yeah. to be on point for us. Has to be on point. Mm-hmm. For sure, yeah, because you guys got the, you got those hitters in that lineup there, and they're definitely scary. And, yeah, you're talking about the bullpen, Wade Davis, Wayne one uh, You got some nice deep believers there for the Rockies. And my prediction, I think the Marlins will hopefully I, – I, I don't know if we're going to win this series, especially against uh, these kind of bats here. And they got a lot of speed, too. Their speed's a little – everyone sleeps on their speed a little bit, but the Rockies have been kind of the wild card team coming into this season. Not, not a lot of people – you know, pointing, pointing fingers at them, saying these guys are going to go in the playoffs. Uh, they're a sneaky wild card contender for this year. Uh, we need to, again, we do need to get our bats done early, take advantage of the pitches that we are getting, like usual. And, you know, like, I, I, mean, I, I expect Brian Anderson to be one of our key guys here that, you know, they let yeah. up a lot of hits this team. Mm-hmm. They let up a lot of hits this team. And we need to – you know, we need to be one of those teams that takes advantage of them. And people look overlooking us saying, Rockies, Mullins, Rocky fans, or the Rocky maybe be overlooking us. Like, oh, the Mullins, you know, they're not going to do too well this year. But, you know, you see in spring, we went 11 straight. That's true. You know, it's progress that we're making. Yeah, it's progress that we're making here. 
And, you know, looking at the Raw, and we play the Mets next. After that, we will be talking about that as well. They got this off season. But, you know, this would be a good series here. Opening day, uh, 4-10 start. My lineup and his, and my lineup will be out way before then. I'll be posting that on my account once we they release the lineup for opening day. Um, now, I usually tune into it. It's, you know, of course, you have to tune into it. They have the player introductions and everything else. Uh, definitely be a lot of fun. And, Lissandra, you said you were actually heading out to the ballpark for opening day. Well, tell, tell us a little bit about that, where you're going to be. Maybe uh, people can go out and find you there. I'll be I'll be in right field um, for Thursday, um, March 28th, I believe. Thursday, March 28th. I'll be at right field. Um, guys, uh, I'll be posting more on my account, which is the D Martin's Universe on Instagram, uh, where where I'll be sitting for you guys to come see me. Um, very excited for this game. Um, so yeah, yeah, very very excited for opening day. Uh, again, we're not one of those Yankee or Red Sox that are going out and they're going to try to win a World Series. Uh, we're on a rebuild. We're on a deep rebuild right now, and. You know, we're we're just going to go full throttle on it. We're not going to change any of our plans here. Um, but, yeah, we're excited to go. Urania versus Kyle Freeland. Going to be a nice matchup to see. Hopefully, Jose Urania has the stuff that day and brings the heat. Pitch as well. Uh, goes a good seven innings at least for us. Then we can get our, our seven, eight, nine, our eight, nine up. So, by Drew Strikenrider or Sergio Romo. And Don Manley never – announced the closer. He said that he wants to do it based on matchups here, which is a smart move again by Don Donnie Baseball here. Uh, just do it based on the matchups. You know, that's that's the name of the game for that. So, before we get into our next topic of the day, which will be about the opening day roster of the key, the last-minute moves Manly made, Manly and company made. I know we talked a little bit about that before, but maybe some of the other moves that you guys haven't really heard of about, we will be talking about it right here on the Mullins Catch podcast. But before we get to that, we are going to take a short break, and we'll be back right after this. Hello, Yankee fans. Tune in to Pinstripe Talk this Wednesday at 5. We go over everything going on in the world of the New York Yankees. We'll be discussing everything about the Yankees roster, and Jonathan Lewaziga, Luis Sessa, and Domingo Herman, and how each one of them impacts the Yankees' opening day roster. We'll be talking about who's making the final roster spot, Tyler Wade, and what his role will be in the upcoming season. And with opening day quickly approaching, we talk about the New York Yankees and their predictions and what we believe the New York Yankees will be doing for the 2019 season. All this and much, much more on today's episode of Pinstripe Talk this Wednesday at 5. Be there, Yankee fans. All right, guys. All right, guys. We are back here on the Mullins Hit Podcast. And, Lafondra, I'm going to let you start this one off here. Uh, we were talking about the key moves that the Mullins have just made and about their opening day roster. So, Lafondra, just give us down on what's going on and the last-minute decisions that the Mullins have made. So Don Mattingly has definitely made a lot of moves recently. So like um, the release of Dan Straley is a big one. I don't think anybody saw it coming. Now we know that Don Mattingly was 
the Marlins were trying to trade Dan Straley throughout spring and through last year, but we're never able to make a deal. We Nobody, I don't think, ever expected the Marlins to release him, but um, he was released this, this morning. Um, other players that the Marlins also released, uh, they released Brian Holiday. Um, I think for now that's... Oh, they've also released um, Pedro Alvarez, who was a surprise also to me due to the fact he had a, a, a really good spring. Oh, I think we have a, a little jam at first base with people like um, Martin Prado, Neil Walker, um, Derek Cooper, who can play first base, even though he'll be playing mostly right field. So I get why they cut Pedro Alvarez, but it was kind of a surprise because of the spring he had. Um, weighing Chen to the bullpen was also something I'm very happy about because I think he'll he'll it'll it'll be better than him starting because he's not shown any any improvement throughout the years as him as a starter. Um, I think he will get some starts this season, but I think it was also a surprise that Don Manning put him in in the bullpen. What are your thoughts, Nick? Well, yeah, uh, I think it was the right move to put uh, Mr. William Chen to the bullpen. You know, this whole spring he hasn't been on top, really, in top game. Uh, he, I know we can do better. He just needs some work in the bullpen. He'll be fine. And, you know, you got Rosso Herrera, who who made the roster. I was very happy about it, actually. Um, underrated. He's very fast, and we need someone who can get on base and use speed and maybe a potential pinch runner for the season, and we could always use that uh, in key moments of the game when you need a pinch runner, just bring on Rossell Herrera. He'll be ready to go. And you look at our outfield, Granderson, Brinson, Cooper, and then at third base, you got Anderson starting. Uh, Martin Prado, I wish he could get more more chances, really. I, I just I do feel for my man Prado there. He, he grinds out every single day. Uh, he's really a good player. Just been, you know, the injuries have really gotten him, especially with his hamstring. Um, no, I, I just think he has what it takes about, you know, and Granderson, especially in left, is definitely a key for us. And by the way, guys, we actually do have a caller in today who wants to talk really about Curtis Granderson and his impact to the Miami Marlins. Let's bring him on in. George, uh, you ready to go? Hey, good evening, guys. Um, no, thanks for uh, having me on and, uh, you know, really enjoyed listening to you guys every week. Um, you know, I think that uh, with, with the Marlins really going, you know, with this, this new on youth movement, um, just curious to see what your thoughts are on having, you know, a seasoned veteran, someone who's been around like Curtis Granderson and, and, the, and, and the, uh, the impact he's going to have on these young guys. Wanted to get your thoughts. Yeah, uh, this is definitely a fantastic move by the Marlins. Curtis Granderson having that veteran leadership to bring to the clubhouse is definitely going to help out the younger guys like Lewis Brinson out in center, and, you know, he brings a lot of leadership, especially being a veteran like himself. Uh, been in the year for been in the year been in the MLB for a very, very long time at age 38, and actually put up a decent spring training after a short slump, but I think his presence in the locker room is definitely a key on why we signed him here as a veteran here, and I think it's a great idea that we brought Curtis Granderson in. Being on many, many teams in the MLB, being across the MLB, Bringing him in here was definitely a great move by Michael Hill and company. And I just think it was a fantastic move. Lissandra, what are your thoughts? 
like you said, I I think Curtis Grandison is going to be all uh, is going to be like a teacher, sort of say to people like Lewis Brinson and and uh, Russell Herrera and um, the the Mesa brothers. I think Curtis Grandison will be able to teach teach them a lot due to the fact he's been in the league for a very long time. Um, Curtis Grandison also is is it still? I mean, he's he's 38 but he's still he's still a decent player I mean he's no he's not what he was before but um he definitely he he had a good spring and I I believe that um Chris Grandison will help Chris Grandison will help uh our young our young players a lot and will he will be able to teach them a lot of stuff yeah I definitely yeah no I, I definitely agree that's the case I think having him on board you know Especially with with the pedigree that that Curtis has, you know, playing on a, on a championship team like with the Yankees and and being competitive with the Mets is only going to you know bring that experience over to these to this young core group of guys, and uh, I think it's going to definitely shape up you know uh, to have these guys you know uh, be ready to go when 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 they enter into their prime with the Marlins. Yeah, for sure. Especially with Curtis Granderson there, it's definitely a big help, and I think he was one of our actually our best free agent signing this year, especially helping out the young guys. And he actually mentored Lewis Princeton a little bit this off season during spring. So it's definitely, hopefully we see a change in Brinson. I uh, definitely think he'll improve, but no, yeah. Grandison, great topic to bring up here, George. Um, you know, just a great player to talk about really. Thanks guys. I really appreciate it. Keep up the good work. All right, George, thank you so much for calling and right. have a good night. Thank you, George. Have a good night. All right, guys, so that was just George who called in about Curtis Granderson, a great topic. Uh, appreciate him calling him in to the Marlins Catch podcast. Remember, if you guys want to call in to the Marlins Catch podcast, you can either head over to Marlins University's uh, Instagram. It's on his story there for the podcast number or call in the number 845-277-9345. I'll say it again. If you want to call into the Marlins Catch podcast right now, it is 845-277-9345. So going into our next topic here, we'll be talking about the offseason and about the whole offseason recap, about everything that happened this year for the Fish. Um, not much really did happen this year for the Fish due to us being in the rebuilding stage. But before, again, before we get into that one again, we are going to head over to one more break. Um, I appreciate you guys all. You know, staying with us here on the Mullins Catch here, but we'll be back right after this break with the off-season recap. Hello, it's Tim from the Amazing Mets podcast, where every Thursday night we cover everything you need to know about the New York Mets. Come join us this Thursday from 9.30 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we will talk about the Mets opening day and your decisions they made with the lineup that day. We will also be talking about the spring training awards and how everyone performed over spring training, such as prospects and newly acquired players. We will also be opening up our mailbag for any questions you have about the New York Mets. We hope to see you there Thursday night from 9.30 to 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and talk Mets. Can't wait to see you guys there.
All right, guys, we are back here on the Mullins Catch Podcast. Lissandro, me here. Um, we'll be talking about recapping the offseason here. Okay, so first things first, Curtis Granderson signed with the Mullins. That was one of the key things here for the Mullins. But another one is a big trade that this whole offseason has been occupied. And Lissandro, I really never asked you about this, but, you know, JT Real Muto getting traded to the Phillies for Sixto Sanchez, Jorge Alfaro and another prospect, it was John uh, Will Stewart. It was a great move, in my opinion. I think we got the young guys that we needed, especially Sixto Sanchez, who is a star for us, and he has a bright future for us. Um, yeah, let me get your opinion on that, Lissandra. We never really got your opinion on the uh, move here of bringing in and Sixto Sanchez and prospects and company. So let's get your uh, opinion on that. Um, I, throughout the whole Throughout the whole most of the whole off season, we, the Marlins are trying to trade uh, JT Ramudo, and we finally were able to to the Phillies. Like you said, we got um, Sixto Sanchez, which was Phillies. Um, I believe it was Phillies' number one pitching prospect. I believe that what it was. Um, we got Jorge Alfaro and uh, Will Stewart plus 250k in international international signing bonus pool money. Um, it was I. It was a good trade. I believe that um, we needed another um, top 100 prospect, other than um, Victor Mesa Jr., who who just got in there at 99. Um, Sixo Sanchez, um, he is he is a bit injury prone, from from what I've seen, but um, I think if Sixo, San, Sixo Sanchez stays healthy. And can develop in our minor league system. He could join our 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 rotation in the future with with Sandy Alcantara and and Trent Pablo Lopez, and all these pitchers. Hopefully in the future, um, Will Stewart is somebody else who I believe will 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 develop into into a good pitcher if 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 he does good in our in our farm system. Uh, and Jorge Alfaro, um, we didn't get to see much of him in spring. He, he was dealing with like a an injury in his knee as they trying to make a catch. But um, I think Jorge Alfaro will be. Uh, he won't. I think he'll be able to to fill in the spot of Ramudo. Not as well, but I think Alfaro will have more power. We'll have more home runs. Um, I think he's a, a decent catcher to to replace Ramudo. So, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you no. Know, again, Ramudo is a one-dimensional kind of catcher. Here, you're not going to really find someone like him who can do it really all. And his skill set, especially with his contact and his defensive ability behind home plate. But you do see that with Jorge Alfaro as well. You know, he has the arm to make the throws a second and gun people out. I heard he's got a cannon behind home plate. And that's definitely encouraging signs to see for the future. And you got a prospect named Will Banfield down in the minor leagues who still needs a lot of time to get ready. So, you know, you see, you see Jorge Alfaro being your main man for maybe years to come, and then eventually Will Banfield will get a patch, a pass the torch. And I do think that this is a great signing, a great, a great trade that the Marlins have made. Again, I am going to miss Real Muto. Nothing against JT. What he's done here has been absolutely remarkable, and you know the city of Miami really misses him here. 
but unfortunately, it was for the better of the team. Uh, we just had to make that move happen here. And, you know, we did get – and people are really sleeping on Will Stewart, who we got as well. He's a pretty decent pitcher as well in the minor league, and I expect big things from him in the near future. And I just think it was a fantastic move again by the Dolphins to bring him on here, by the Marlins here. My fault, guys. By the Marlins to bring him on here. And I think it was just, you know, we were really just looking for those young arms and we're waiting for one of them to pan out. And, you know, some of them are, again, and Alcantara will be the first one to pan out, in my opinion. So I'm just going to leave it at that. But recapping the offseason, though, a lot of other moves were made. And, you know, the Marlins, again, they didn't do much in free agency. But, you know, they made a lot of quiet moves. Bringing down Neil Walker was one of the more quiet moves. They brought in the bottom, Rossell Herrera as well. Nothing in the starting rotation was really made. The whole starting rotation was here from last year. But really the, another big one was Neil Walker bringing him on here to play basically a utility position. I thought it was a nice move by Miami to bring him on here as, you know, they're kind of looking for a guy who could play everywhere like Derek Dietrich. And Dietrich is definitely going to be hard to replace. Um, but you know, I didn't really necessarily agree with the move of trading or releasing Derek Dietrich. I thought we should have kept him on, but again, his you know salary was getting too high, and I just think it was a good move bringing on Neil Walker here for kind of more of a cheaper price. And you know, I do like Neil Walker. I think he's a great pickup. Uh, Lissandra, what are your thoughts about bringing on Neil Walker here? Do you think he can bring kind of the veteran leadership to the clubhouse as well as Curtis Granderson? Do you think he can help out on the field? What are your thoughts about him? Do you think he will start first base? Uh, Neil Walker does bring a lot of versatility um, to the Marlins, filling in the spot of their teachers, like you said. Um, I think he'll have a more of a leadership role, helping out our, our young infield players like Isan Diaz, for example, who had a good spring, um, probably learned a couple of things from Neil Walker. Um, Neil Walker, something else about Neil Walker and Curtis Granderson that might be able to help us out um, is that with their signing, uh, depending on how they do until the in, until the break, um, if they do well, they might be valuable um, trade pieces um, in the future. So we can trade them for 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 prospects. So those are those are things that um, uh, Neil Walker can bring to us. Um, I I really liked the signing of of him. Um, Rochelle Herrera was somebody else that we brought in, like you said. Um, he brings in a lot of speed. Um, helps out our outfield. So. So yeah, I, I do. I I really like the the sighting of both of them. Um, I think Neil Walker will will have a will have a good a good a good time here in Miami. I think he'll he'll be a a very a, a decent player to to help us out. Doesn't doesn't bat for too much power, but I think he has a lot of contact and I think he'll have a decent year for the fish this year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. One of the points you brought up was actually uh, very smart uh, trade pieces, potentially. These guys going off here, um, potentially trading for some younger players that we can get out, out here in the farm system. Definitely a good idea there, Lissandro. Um, maybe that potentially happens, uh, but I see him more as a locker room guy, all of them. And, um, no, I'm just uh, I'm happy to say that Neil Walker was a pretty decent pickup for the fish. And, uh 
No, I, I like the signing. And going to another player in the bullpen, you got Sergio Romo, who we brought in, which I think was very, very good to help out our bullpen out. And in my opinion, I think he will be either him as the closer or Stecky or maybe even Adam Conley. But Romo, Romo did pretty well this, uh, this offseason and in spring, actually. Uh, Romo being age 36, being a veteran, um, you don't want to bring in anybody who's like who's very very young because we're not remember we're not winning right now we're trying to rebuild and bringing in a veteran like Sergio Romo was kind of a decent move I think uh, last year he was pitch well for the Rays uh, bringing him in pretty cheap as well was a nice move by the Marlins to bring in more of that bullpen leadership again I've been preaching about this leadership around the around the league here and especially for the Marlins that we, that's what we need here. And Romo bringing him in, I think, was a nice signing for us. A pretty solid signing. A solid signing. And I'm happy to say that the Mullen, uh, once he pitches this year, I think he'll pitch fine. Um, him and second rider will be good to have in the eighth and ninth innings. So Romo is definitely a great signing. Lissandra? Sergio Romo was, was a good signing. was cheap. He's been a decent, decent player all around, um, I believe. He he did win a, a World Series with the Giants, am I right? Mm-hmm. Whatever year, yeah. I think it was in like 2013 or whatever. Uh, yeah. Very experienced to our bullpen. Um, I'm kind of hoping that our closer will be Adam Conley because I really liked his stuff last year. Um, but I think it'll, it's going to lead towards um, your second writer, Robo, like, like you said. Um. Sergio Romo does replace the spot of Kyle Bearclaw, which for me, um, I I really like Kyle Bearclaw, even though he had a, a lot of command issues. Um, Kyle Bearclaw last year was before the before the break was all star material. So even though he he ended on a on a bad note, I will do miss uh, Kyle Bearclaw. I wish him the best in Washington. And I think Sergio Romo will be able to to replace him. We'll we'll be able to do a good job replacing Kyle Bearclaw. Um, yeah, and Kyle Bearclaw again uh, will be missed here. Uh, I, I did like Kyle Bearclaw. I thought he was a nice nice pickup for the fish back then. And you know, I wish him nothing but the best now. And Bearclaw being Bearclaw being twenty eight years young, last year putting up a four twenty ERA. He went one and six. He was our closer at one point, but I really liked him as a setup man when he was with us. Uh, I never really liked him as our closer. I thought he was a nice, solid setup man, but, you know, Bear Club will be missed. He, he was pretty decent for us. I liked him, and yeah, speaking of relieving bullpen pieces, Adam Conley, I know you're a big fan of, and yeah, looking at Conley, you know, he, he didn't do too well as a starter a year back, and a couple of years back. In 2016, he had his breakout year with the 3.85 ERA, which was in 25 games started, which I, I did like calmly, but then 2017 is 6.14 as a starter, and 2018 really came back as a solid reliever, going up a lot in his velocity. Definitely a huge sign of uh, stuff going on with Adam Conley. He's definitely been working his tail off this off season to get that velocity up, and I really think he could bring the heat, and uh, he'll be ready to go come the first game on Thursday. I'm kind of hoping that um, the same thing happens to Wei Ying Chen. Really hoping that um, he he struggled as a as a as a starting pitcher the same way Adam Conley did in 2017, and 
coming to the bullpen. I hope Wayne will have this same or better results than um, Adam Conley had. Um, but like like I said, I'm I'm a huge huge fan of Adam Conley, especially when he was in 2016. He was one of our better pitchers um, in our rotation with Jose Fernandez, obviously. Um, hoping, hoping, hoping for that same that same story with with Wei Ying Chen. And I believe Adam Conley will have a will have another another good uh, another good year out of the bullpen this year. So, yeah, for sure. And what are your thoughts, Alessandro, about? You know, I, I know you you have to. I don't know if you're a big fan of Wei Ying Chen or not, but what are your thoughts about him? About the contract that he's on right now, do you think oh. the Marlins should have released him this offseason and took the hit, or do you think he's good to have back on the roster? Wei Ying Chen's contract was one of the worst worst contracts. Um, was one of the worst contracts um, I've I've ever I've ever seen. Um, releasing him. We would still have to pay him the money, so like, might as well just have him play. I think he'll 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 be better out of the bullpen. I think he'll be a lot better out of the bullpen. But um, remember, Wei Chen had a great home record last year, but he he was he definitely didn't live up to his expectations. He was supposed to be our ace when we signed him. He was supposed to help out our our pitching. Supposed to he was. We're supposed to be one of our better pitchers him, but we still had Stanton and Rusuna and Yelling. Um, has definitely not lived up to his expectations. He's definitely not lived up to all the money we have given him. He's also very injury prone. Um, there's, there's a lot of a lot of factors and a lot of reasons why I'm not a fan of Dwayne Chen and like why he doesn't. He has not lived up to the station. I do believe this this will be a better season for him with the Marlins. So I don't think he'll get traded. There's nobody I don't think he'll have that good of a season to be traded to a, to a competing team. But I, I hope I'm wrong. But from what I see from Wayne Chen, he has not been the, the Wayne Chen that played for Baltimore. So. Yeah, yeah, you are right about that. When we got Wee and Chen from Baltimore, I expected him to be, you know, lights out. And in Baltimore, he had a he had a very very nice career year one year when he was back in 2014 and 2015. 2015, he went yeah. 11 and 8 with a 3.35 ERA with 31 games played. He can't get on the field now. You know, in 20, 2017, he barely played. He was decent in 2017. You know, he had nine. Nine games, he had 382, all right? But, you know, I, again, with Wee and Chen, you just, you know, I never, again, he never was really eye-popping to me. Uh, I thought it was a nice signing back then, especially with Edison Volquez. Uh, of course, he did no hitter for us, no longer on the team. And, you know, I just, you know, I, I, Wee and Chen in the bullpen, it's a smart move by Mattingly. You can't send him down, so it's a smart move to put him, stick him in the bullpen where you can't let it too much if anything happens with him. And it's also a way for him to also get better within time, so he was he's able to, you know, find his command, find his pitches, and just you know 
be better off with that. And going to our catching position with Hoya Far, you look at the back of Chad Wallach and Brian Holiday actually no longer on the team anymore. I'm again not a big fan of that. And I'm more of a, I like Holiday better than Wallach. I do think Wallach does need to improve a little more. Uh definitely has yeah. some work to do. And yeah, and bringing in you know, of course how far will be the starter this year. But when Wallach last year didn't really show much for me. He got sent down to triple A. I guess we're giving him another shot here in the major league roster. But you know, I, I really kinda wish we we kept Brian Holiday. I think we should have had him as our backup catcher for the season. Last year did a pretty decent job for us. I thought it would have been a nice idea to do that. Maybe they saw something we didn't. I don't know. But Chad Wallace is our backup catcher for this season. Lissandra, what are your thoughts about that? Totally agree with you. I'm not a big fan of Chad Wallace just because I have the same consistency. He hasn't shown any any anything and he didn't show anything big last year. He had like two home runs, I believe. He didn't show anything big in 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 the in our farm system. Brian Holiday was a solid was a solid defensive catcher that that when needed I he'd get on base. Um Brian Holiday I definitely preferred him over Chad Wallach. Um Brian Holiday, I thought was an overall better player in everything. Maybe Chad Wallach had a mm. bit more power, but then again, we I can't really say that because Chad Wallach hasn't really proven that. But let's see how let's see how it turns out. Um, definitely gonna miss Brian Holiday. I thought he was a solid catcher for us. Well, we'll just have we'll have to see how it goes. Hey guys, I'm back. Sorry guys about that. Um, but going into our final minutes here of the Mullins Tips podcast, but Mullins finished with a 15 and 11 record in spring. Uh, very very impressive by the Mullins, especially with that 11 game win streak. And and we're going into the first game here. Very very excited. Me and Lasandro are um, playing the Rockies in the first week, and the opening day is right here. You know we're only three days away. Um, and we will be going on our first game, the 2019 season against the Colorado Rockies. But that's going to do it here on the Mullen Tips Podcast. The next time we come to you, we will be recapping the first week of baseball against the Rockies, the first series, and then we'll be heading into the next week, starting off with the Mets. I'm your host, Nick, joined here by Lissandro. Lissandro, you want to say something? I'll close the shot right after. Um, just want to say thank you to all of you for for thank you especially to Nick and our, our producer Benson for for giving me the opportunity to join the Marlins podcast. I've I've liked it a lot. Um, I'll see you guys next week. All right, you heard it here. First week we'll be talking about the first week of baseball. Thank you guys again for listening. We'll be right here on BlogTalkRadio.com. And before we close up again, make sure to head over to StubbyR.com. We get 10% off any ticket order there with the promo code BPN10. And make sure to head over to the Blog Talk Radio, not the Blog Talk Radio, the Baseball Podcast Network.com and get over and get your Lewis Brinson Mullins Catch t-shirt. 
Uh, it's on sale right now. Make sure to head over and get that. It's really, really nice. I will tell you guys this. I have one. Lissandra's going to be getting one very, very soon. I'm going to make him get one. <laughs> but, um, again, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next The Marlins Catch is produced by Benson Fexer. The Marlins Catch is a production of the Baseball Podcast Network. Be sure to give our host a follow on Instagram, Nick, at Marlins Double Underscore News, and Lissandro, at The Marlins Universe. Follow The Marlins Catch on Instagram, at The Marlins Catch. For more of The Marlins Catch content, be sure to head over to their website, at TheMarlinsCatch.com. And for more Baseball Podcast Network content, head over to BaseballPodcastNet.com. Dot com. Follow the official Baseball Podcast Network social media platforms. Instagram, Baseball Podcast Net. Twitter, at Baseball Podcast One. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-1. YouTube at Baseball Podcast Network and SoundCloud at Baseball Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in to the Marlins Catch. We'll see you next time.